You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, DC-based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome back to Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Lex Cardone. Kevin Truitt. Robert Thomas. And we're recording on March 15th, 2020. It's a good year. <laughs> is it? It's, is it the Plug it in, something. It's, unplug this year, and replug it back in. Like, we It'll thought 2019 was bad, and it's like, <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> well, we've had a pandemic, almost World War III, um... I don't know. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's, that's bad. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, it doesn't need to go, it could have been just one of those things. Mm-hmm. But um, as you can see from the title, we are going to be discussing The Expanse. Um, we did one before season four, and now since season four has come and gone, um, we're going to talk about all the kind of things that happened. But, um, so, do, do you want to give your PSA now? Yeah? Yeah. Good. I mean, and then we'll talk about t- what we're drinking. Yeah, I mean, we only have a small soapbox, but we have a little bit of one, so we might as well use it to remind everyone, like, use some damn common sense right now uh, with the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, hoard everything, okay? Now go outside, be scared of your neighbor. All the toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) But realistically, like, obviously don't panic and, and do stupid stuff like that, but keep in mind, even if you're perfectly healthy, it's not about you. Like, the reason that there's all of this guidance about social distancing, like not being in lots of crowded spaces and spending a lot of time in other people's faces is to keep the percentage of people who are sick at any one time down so that your parents or your grandparents or your neighbors who are older than you or who are sick in other ways already don't end up in the hospital, not able to breathe. Mm -hmm. So use some common sense, maybe don't host your big crazy party or go out to a crowded bar right now and take it easy be prudent apply basic hygiene so don't act invincible because like i said it's not about you and even if you are perfectly healthy i mean having had the flu it's not and i know it's not the same but it's similar symptoms it's not a fun experience even if you are in perfect health so just be careful yeah we don't need to we don't need to turn into italy yeah right don't be italy yeah, uh, thanks, Rob, for that. And we're talking about our beers. We are not. We got uh, Guinness because uh, it's St. Patty's Day in two days. So Life must go on in some small ways, right? Yeah, and we don't need the ranking because it's already gonna be number. It's already five. Oh yeah, out of five. This That's is, fair. This is probably my favorite beer. I mean, Natty, Natty Bow is like my favorite like late beer, but this is definitely my favorite beer. Beer. Yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, it's very good. And we made sure to get the. Uh, the draft stout version, not one of the uh, various knockoffs that they have. They have knockoffs of Guinness, like. Well, Guinness kind of makes its own knockoffs. It has all really? these different side brands and varieties yeah. that are just Drops not the stout. same as the yeah. real deal. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. It's also one of the uh, only beers that I can decisively say always better in a can than in a bottle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they have that little ball on it that keeps yeah. the. In it, I guess, Science. and keeps it yeah. flowing. Yeah, or it keeps the the head What's nice, it? like it is mm-hmm. when you take it out of the tap. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. nitro based instead of right. carbonated. I've so. been I've been to the brewery in Dublin. It was a magical experience. 
Yes, I've also been. It's been. It's great. Yeah. We know it was also great. Season four of the Expanse. Yeah. It was easy, easily my favorite one. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And basically, where we're at now is the entire. Because before it was kind of a um, humanity was restricted to the solar system, which is something you don't see in a lot of sci-fi. But now, because of these alien rings that have kind of emerged, um, humanity has access to, I think, something like 1,300 yeah, different habitable systems, mm-hmm. um, billions of planets. Um, so you already have a... What we have now is kind of a virtual gold rush type migration period because you have overcrowded populations on Earth, um, people in the belt who are basically called... they referred to as rock hoppers. They're scratching a living. And... Also, we have a, um, a recently signed peace treaty between the three main factions, Earth, Mars, and the Belt, after a short but pretty costly war. Um, yeah, there's yeah. They, they, a, lot of, a lot of destroyed ships yeah. very quickly. And, um, but with all these, these new opportunities and resources, you run into very familiar problems. Um, who has what claim to what piece of real estate um, is, is a major theme of this season. Um, another theme is also... Um, the one of the main players in this Mars is the whole idea of Mars. It's a very regimented society. It's based around um, the terraforming project, making yeah. it breathable Which atmosphere, water. And um, now you have thirteen hundred new systems with planets that don't. You don't need that. So you have a severe societal crisis going on in Mars now that emerges later. Yeah, because we, we actually um, we talked about that in the last uh, episode we did on this, like, you know, would Mars be affected? And I think all the answers was no, I think, because, you know, Mars has the culture that it's always had. We see, like, during the season, like, it's kind of eroding. People mm-hmm. like, much more yeah, about, we were... them, about themselves rather than just... Yeah, about... we were we were wrong on that one. Well, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they lost not we. societal cohesion due to the fact that now all of a sudden terraforming, which could take generations, isn't that useful. Well, and, and let's be clear, like, it's not like the entire planet and society have like suddenly fallen apart but what's happened is there's a much higher degree of uncertainty and questioning and behavior that stems from that that makes the situation much less predictable than not it was to mention before. population i mean if earth a lot of a big chunk of the population um goes through the rings and becomes colonists they can build bigger homes i mean but mars is a much small has a much smaller population you you lose a lot of tax base a lot of human capital and that makes the society weaker and less stable well uh well another thing is that mars now with this peace treaty doesn't have its you know existential enemy in earth as much anymore which was they pretty much defined their martial society as you know defense of mars and you know, opposition and independence against Earth, which was their existential foe. Well, also yeah, it was a Cold War scenario, yeah, just, yeah. just like in in the twentieth century Cold War, where the U.S. and the Soviet Union really sort of we defined ourselves in relation to the challenge that each other represented. So there was kind of a codependence, and also the kind of stepping on the on the belt. Both um, Earth and Mars had an interest in this kind of cold this Cold War, mm-hmm. and also basically policing the belt and harvesting the resources and that that didn't affect that created a lot of dissatisfaction among the belt population yeah i mean and also just before we forgot to say it, but there's major spoilers and i don't care um um <laughs> it's, thanks for, it's a thanks little for, late if you're listening yeah. to a podcast episode on the entire season to be worried about spoilers. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well it's, it's, it's kind of talk about the beginning so like it basically the, the show the season starts with refugees from 
Ganymede station, which was nailed during the fighting between um, Mars and and you. Actually, it's worse. It kicked off um, mm-hmm. in season three because of the human the you know, hybrid blue goo hybrid. Yeah. Proto molecule fucking things up as usual. But like it, it kind of like it. It made me think when I, I was rewatching some of the episodes this past week, and it kind of it's like if if they're doing better with idps like internally uh, displaced people i mean it's basically refugees basically it's like they could have avoided that whole fucking thing they're like trying to run the blockade and get to the new world because like they just uh decided uh we're not gonna let the, take these people in anywhere it was like there was a ton of them either it's just like i guess no one no one would take them in it's kind of stupid mm-hmm. i guess there's probably a widespread issue like along the belt because it'd all be yeah and you just I mean, you just had a war, so you had people who are now suddenly homeless, and yeah. it just coincides with this massive land rush. Well, and the motives for people from each of the three major uh, sort of societal entities uh, in the show are potentially very different. Because, like, there are obviously the the universal human motives in play of things like opportunity for for wealth interest in exploration uh-huh. just mm-hmm. looking for something new etc but in each of the three cases you have more specific motives that are different i mean in the case of earth you have huge amounts of overcrowding uh-huh. and so just the urge to to have the opportunity to have space and resources that are harder to access is especially pressing there for for mars you have the possibility of sort of ready-made habitats when your entire life has been built around certain artificial constraints on your society and how it operates because you're on a planet that's not fully habitable yet Mm -hmm. and then for the for the belters i mean they're used to being scattered in extremely claustrophobic habitats in some respects even though they're often traveling from from place to place over long distances they're still in very confined uh-huh. human habitats uh and used to being stepped on by everyone so each each group has its own distinct priorities and ways of thinking about what they would want out of the opportunity to move to or at least access yeah. these new spaces i was thinking about this a while ago like it seems i mean the belters are they kind of a hard scrabble living, but there's a certain pride mm-hmm. in their way of life. Yeah. And th- oh, this opening up 13 million new world or whatever it is, 1300 um, new worlds, um, with the resources that go with that. I mean, the, the mainstay of the belt is the basically harvesting minerals and resources like that. Water yeah. is a big one. Um, well, they're nomadic that, yeah, society. But, but you're, they are. And that is an important part of their identity, which leads me to believe that this fear this resource curse now like this overabundance of popular of worlds and like the the planet in season four illus or new terra yeah um it's it's got like a a massive um un, un, some would say unnatural supply of lithium which is today very important and obviously 200 years in, in the future or whenever mm-hmm, this yeah. is set yeah it's so it's it's it seems like it it's a recipe for both great opportunity and great yeah, conflict, social yeah. conflict. Yeah. So, what did uh, what did everyone think of uh, Space East India Trading Company? Oh, RCE. <laughs> yeah, Royal Charter Energy. Yeah. yeah that, um, that was a that was a we well, we t- we talked about that in the in the episode and the came. I was like, oh, it's exactly what it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, they're like uh, the idea. They also are there to 
harvest the lithium, right? Or is it just the belters who are the, squatter, um, I the squatters? Think, <laughs> I think I think that they're there for the lithium. That's a good part of their. I mean, they have a science team there just yeah. to study the planet. Energy, yeah, stuff. lithium is important in energy in like fusion reactors, I guess, which is the mainstay of shipbuilding. Yeah, but yeah. also the um, idea of uh, they also have a big science team, so they corporate sponsorship of science exists now as it as it does in this scenario so yeah, well, yeah. And, and they're chartered by the un which right. is sort of the leading the way so they come in with this that basically saying like we have legal yeah, claim have, to this well, whereas, i think i think the they got the charter through mars and yeah oh yeah because right. like, that's why they're allowed to yeah. go but like yeah, yeah they're, they're first they're first like people who were allowed to go do what they did the belters ran through the blockade and didn't get blown up yeah. well and and that all centers on this question of who actually has any sort of legitimate authority or jurisdiction uh-huh. at a legal level, at a moral level, and at just kind of a a practical realpolitik level to make decisions about who has the right to access resources on this huge swath of territory that doesn't actually, in any meaningful sense, belong to anyone mm-hmm. yet. Right. I mean, I didn't see any flags. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, like that's the thing. The flag there's, rule. A, there's things called squatters' rights too, and yeah. there's legal precedent to be people being on a piece of ground and saying this is mine because I'm here, and that's the sole reason. And that's, I guess, that feeds into a lot of the conflict. And then you have, you know, the Belters worrying about um, getting evicted, getting evicted yeah. so they start killing people, and it's it, yeah, because it, it's and like they finally Murtry found comes their in home and, and basically yeah yeah let's let's talk about Murtry. So uh, like he's an interesting guy yeah like oh he's a, it's a great actor he all, he was also in turn oh he was in turn and he was yeah. in Game of Thrones too he was the yeah. uh, oh, right. the Gin Alley guy yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah he's he's a good villain yeah he's okay. a really good villain he doesn't look like a villain necessarily it's like he plays one well, well he I mean he's a complex character like he's which the, is actually yeah. quite nice he, he basically he he's the chief of security that. Because the the official governor gets killed, he kind of de facto runs the show for RCE and gets into conflict with the belt with the frontier justice. Yeah, exactly <laughs> with him. And um, yeah, his whole thing is like, this is basically like the nineteenth century Wild West. I mean, we, he... we like uh, people and law come second, or people come first, law and and civilization come second. So yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, he has yeah, he has a whole very explicit monologue to that effect yeah. when he's arguing with Holden towards the very end of the season. Basically, Holden's trying to uphold certain codes of, of justice, and and Murtry's attitude like, is, no. <laughs> and is he basically to hell with that. Like, it's only when, when people like me who are willing to get our hands bloody and don't care come in and create order through violence uh-huh. that any of those ideas even become meaningful. Uh-huh. And so there's there's a really interesting, explicit ideological conflict between he and Holden as characters, mm-hmm. because Holden is very much coming from a different perspective that, you know, it's precisely in cases where things aren't as, as clear-cut and orderly and stable that it's doubly important to maintain certain standards and values. And you can you can argue about kind of how realistic either either one of them may be at a personal level uh, and how valid their motives might be uh-huh. at personal levels but certainly they are they are representing yeah. a very real 
debate. I also like how Amos kind of fits into that because on the sur- uh, in a lot of ways he's more like Murtry than yeah. he's like than he's like Holden in that he's kind of a sociopath and this is due to his I, I, <laughs> yeah. not kind of a sociopath he's a sociopath but and he, but he's yeah, but he's, our he's self-aware yeah. and he realizes that so he uses Holden and he latches onto people as like aftermarket con- um, senses of empathy and yeah. conscious so like the only reason he doesn't do something is because Naomi, Naomi wouldn't like it. Or, yeah. if, if, or, or Holden wouldn't like it if he just beat the shit out of yeah. Murtry, which we we can all agree, roughly, he deserves that. But, like, it's it's just a very interesting, like... Amos, there don't many, kill him. Many kinds of heroes and many kinds of villains. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think the show does really well. Yeah, there's, yeah. like, a lot of complex characters. not just, like, oh, like, Murtry doesn't come out like a, like a mustache. Like, oh, yeah, twisting his mustache. I'm the villain. Her, her. Yeah, yeah, but, like, you, you, you also understand, kind of, where, why he, like... I mean, yeah, he's 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 a bad guy, but his people get killed initially. Like yeah. the Belters were the ones who fired the first shot, and that's a particularly that was, no. beautiful, realistic touch because right. the real world is almost never one where the bad guys are two-dimensional cartoon characters with sort of no genuine human element or complexity to them. Uh The reality is that in history and today, there are, there are situational and psychological factors that drive any of us who are otherwise normal people to end up going in dark, dangerous directions. Uh And so it's, yeah, it's. I mean, there's there's a rationale yeah. behind it. He there's saw always himself as like my job as chief of security. My job is to protect these uh, the my employees, and he he had a way of doing that that <laughs> got him into conf- got him to conflict with the you know some would say self righteous Holden. You know, what, um, what, 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 what did um, Jack every, Black and everyone else? Yeah. What did, what did uh, Jack Black or Colvin? Uh, not or Jack Black. Um, inconveniently moral. Holden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. It's very very stupid because like. You look at it, he caused all the problems. Yeah. Holden, don't touch anything. Yeah, which but is he like, did. it's like the only reason they had so many, like, well, it's fine. I mean, there, there would have been issues even without all the crazy yeah. proto-molecule mm-hmm. shit going off on the planet. Which is, that, which is funny because, like, that's, like, the very, like, it helps that underlying, like, building in the plot. It was, like, a subplot this yeah. time instead of, like, it's the main it, thing. It, yeah. it, it adds urgency to the conflict. But it it really like you could have taken that out and you still would have had a good episode. It just it forced the RCA or RCE RCA RCE, RCE. RCE and the um, Belters to work together. Yeah, or yeah, and it forced them into Ish. a confined space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When poison, they weren't killing each other with poison slugs and you know. yeah, yeah. That 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 part was pretty cool to me too because like I guess everything you have a biosphere that develops independently, yeah. so like yeah. you can't really eat or anything there is toxic yeah. and the green yeah. stuff in their eyes yeah. yeah like and then it takes a while for that to figure out oh this is a new type of host why mm-hmm. like so speaking mm-hmm. of biological you know stuff and diseases and all that good stuff that we're dealing with now yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah they had all, they got they, they covered it all uh <laughs> so i mean we were talking before about kind of the uh unintended consequences of Holden's problem with pushing buttons uh, <laughs> when it comes to, to proto molecule technology. But one of the one of the other interesting things is, I mean, at the end of the season, uh, you get these bits and snippets of, of foreshadowing to the history that there's 
something or someone else out there that wiped out the civilization that engineered right, so the proto-molecule. Yeah. yeah, it's like the scary guys, there's someone who's worse. <laughs> yeah, it's well, the axe, the proverbial axe hanging over humanity's Sort of head. Damocles. And, yeah, and so no one really knows what that is yet or what to do about it, and only a very small number of characters even have ex- been exposed to any hint of that there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. And And so, like, kind of this question of, like, are things better or worse because because Holden uh, was messing around with protomolecule stuff, for example, like it's hard to know in the long run. I mean, there's a there's an old uh, an old Taoist story of like farmers, like it involves a farmer's son finding a a wild horse, and they're like, oh, this is great. Then the son falls off the horse, breaks his leg. And the neighbors say, oh, this is terrible. Well, and then the local uh, military comes by looking to conscript people for a war, but because the son broke his leg, he doesn't get conscripted. Right. And every step on the way, as the neighbors are trying to make assumptions of whether what happened is good or bad in the long run, the farmer's just like, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Charlie Wilson's War, he says that, and they, they talk about that in, the, in that movie. Yeah, Un- from. unintended consequences. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, watch that movie. Yeah, yeah it's it's really good. Um, yeah, so I mean, let's talk. Let's talk. We, we kind of touched it on Mars. Let's kind of go back to it. And like you saw, like just the society just shift. Like there was like unemployment. Actually, they never had that issue before. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. Bobby's at the unemployment office after she loses her job. Because like, yeah, one yeah, of the one of the big like, themes is also dipshit nephew. One of the big themes is also even if you're like a like a military vet with like good service, a yeah. good service record. Like you can't find a job because all of the, you know, it's the boys all have come the, back home. All the infrastructure. Yeah. There's no more like reason for, to have a military like that. You have a lot of people leaving. You have a lot of resources yeah. leaving. So it's, yeah, it, it parallels a lot to. I, so I don't, I, I don't understand why they like downsize the military so much. It's not like, it's like, I was like, Oh, we have, we have armistice well, right now, well, but, but, oh, even, but I mean, we don't know how much they did, but yeah. when you have a large military as a proportion of the society, yeah. even what looks like a small cut on paper can have pretty big ripple effects. Yeah. Like yeah. say they cut their defense budget by like, five or ten percent or or their proportion of of enlisted service members by that yeah like in a society where the military is a big a big chunk of the population and a big chunk of the economy like those ripple effects can be pretty significant they're, yeah they're also like um it was they were cut they were cutting funds uh to the terraforming project too yeah and when that that's the primary driver and when that goes away, all you got are, I mean, Mars has the most advanced fleet, the most, and not, I guess not the biggest military, but the most, the, their main resource now they're is, pound for pound is better. their military technology, which now nobody has any more reason for it. You start seeing graft and corruption come into play, enter Marco Naros in this... Space Che Guevara. S- yeah, Space Guevara. <laughs> and uh, he's very handsome. <laughs> um, this that, kind is, of, that is such an apt comparison. I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a revolutionary character who I'm sure he'll be romanticized. Who's also, in he's yeah. also a vicious later. sociopath oh, yeah. and a terrible human being who kills the very oppressed people who he's supposedly protecting. Yeah, because he I mean, he's I guess technically OPA, but there's a lot of there's like the main factions well, under Fred Johnson, no, like no, Anderson Dawes. No, no, OPA, OPA really makes you think of the POL. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the, uh, Palestine Liberation well, so Organization. One of the, Interesting things we see is now that the OPA is like an official government, yeah. it also has, you realize that the whole time, I and mean, we kind of knew this, but you see it even more where 
uh, they kind of hold like the trial for him. Yeah. And then to keep balance between the different like tribe or clans, you yeah, know, if yeah. you will. But it's, it's very still like, a pseudo. It's still like a tribal. It's a society. government by yeah by trial. Tribal error. confederation, really. Yeah. yeah because it, they still because ha- they still have to do the old system of getting each of the factions to like sign off. On yeah. That and sense like that. And it's like, more articles of confederation style than U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Style they're reference. figuring it out on the run, going from this loose collection of uh, relatively or variously organized cells to a functioning well, government i mean i think there's a lot easy. of par- comparisons to our last episode on nomads you know where like nomadic yeah. like tribal yeah. confederations will f- will you know form under strong leadership but ultimately once that power structure starts to break down or if one group disagrees with another and there's no one to kind of keep it the cohesion yeah like and so that was one of the reasons they ended up letting him go the first time just because mm-hmm. it was it was we we don't want to lose these two you know two groups who represent the OPA. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. And now that he's in league with these uh, Martian dissidents, we call we don't know who they are yet, but there's... We haven't even uh, really dived into that topic yet. That's a whole, that's a whole interesting one to probe. Yeah. So end of the season, you see a, uh, a cloaked stealth rock getting uh, thrown at earth. Like an asteroid is gonna hit it at some point in the next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been this whole. That's, we, it's probably not a spoiler to say that's gonna happen next yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. If, if they miss, and it's like, oh, cool. That's yeah. With <laughs> several shots. Yeah, yeah. There were like but, eight of them, I think, on that map. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting aspect of the season. Is is you see throughout the season, Bobby Draper getting kind of pulled in with this this group of folks who are basically pilfering and selling off supplies in a, a a little corruption racket with just a few folks involved yeah but as as the season comes to a close you realize that one of the folks who's been kind of pitching them opportunities is actually representing something bigger and more dangerous than just corruption because like we see we see that side of how the Martian Congressional Republic and its society are responding to this change in everything that's going on in the solar system and beyond Mm -hmm. for the whole season. But it turns out there's a whole huge different trend going on beneath the surface, which is that there's a faction that is selling military technology off to Marco Inaros's radical faction of of the belters presumably because they're not actually sold on this this peace agreement right and are i mean the way that i read it at least is proxy war well well, is is like it's a group of people who don't know how to define themselves and what they're doing anymore independent of their identification with their enemy as an Mm -hmm. enemy Mm mm-hmm yeah, and the idea of like, no, he's not. He's not targeting Mars. He's targeting Earth. If we, you know, this is the first strike doctrine. If we wipe them out, then we're we're, we're free to, you know, chart the destiny of mankind, kind of thing. But who knows what they unleashed on themselves too? Yeah, it's it'll it'll probably bite, bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, inevitably. Yeah, um, but we don't. We I mean, we don't at this point know anything yeah. about like how big the faction involved is, who the players are, sort of how they're reading the situation more specifically other than they're clearly people who aren't happy with the the status quo of the peace deal and are willing to back 
violent terrorists killing millions or billions of civilians. Well, yeah. and another thing with, with the groups like these guys and the OPA and other disparate groups is in the wake of this war, a lot of this, like what we see is a lot of this, you know, equipment and war material, yeah. either either stuff on like, you know, Martian vessels that have been blown up and like, you know, they're just rail guns floating out in space that they, they pull or missiles, yeah. etc. Or buying it from the Martians or from the Earthers or whoever. A lot of this is, is now being used to uparm the non-official faction. So there's like yeah. a there's like a glut of weapons not there's a lot of debris out not, out in the galaxy. Yeah, there's right now. you know it's it's debris almost debris like, and surplus in warehouses. Uh-huh. Yeah. To it's, be pilfered by people who are willing to uh, do that for yeah. a, a little cut of money. But what's what's like what I'm questioning like what's the because you saw it in the prisoner with the prisoner being like the dream of Mars isn't dead like what's their is it, I mean I'm sure there's a fair amount of profiteering among this Martian dis, um, dissident faction but like are they just trying to you know get rid of Earth so Mars can rule or is there I mean, do they want access they might, to they the might, gates they, 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 we, we never talked about having Mars uh, extremists yeah. Well, I mean, the other, yeah, that's they may still be people who are defined by their dislike or hatred of Earth, and despite the change in the broader political situation, they still view Earth as the enemy, and you know, however, to get back at them. Yeah, I mean, you look at the at the end of the the Cold War in the latter part of the twentieth century. We've spent the last couple of decades since with people in a lot of people in the u.s a lot of people in the former soviet union and a lot of people who were in places aligned to one or the other who have for for particularly immediately after but in many cases for decades now been searching for a new enemy to fill that void Mm -hmm. because the way that they thought and acted was so shaped by the availability of that very straightforward conflict as a clarifying and defining force for how the world worked that once that dissipated a lot of people have trouble well well, figuring out what to do in the meantime and so they look for something else to fill the same role yeah because it's the mars essentially has two tenants which is protect mars and then terraform Mars, and now that's different. Now it's gone because mm-hmm. of the ring. Yeah, that's the way. Even like, um, maybe not gone, but at least challenged dramatically. Well, it's say they're, they're they're definitely like reducing that kind of stuff. People are more gearing up. Like, like Issei or whatever his name was, uh, the the corrupt cop. He was saving. He was selling all stuff so he could save up money. So when the the you know they could probably start going through the ring, he'd be able to be like, oh look, I can afford all this stuff and move my entire family. Yeah, I can get buy a ship. I can buy resources. I can you know. They see the writing on the wall for Mars, and it's interesting because they've defined themselves so long. Like, everybody has a role, everybody has a place, um, whereas Earth, half the population is basically on survival rations for the most part. Well, like, you don't, well yeah. no, they'll have, they'll have left, uh, less mouths to feed. <laughs> well, after the, TBD. Get, well, that's maybe, that maybe James Holden will come in and touch something, so, and then everything will be fine again magically. <laughs> or yeah. get much worse. So that's another thing we haven't even talked no, about. No, not the asteroid. Is there's a, a big political shift going on on Earth as well, because with these gates opening, um, you have, what's her name, Gao. And Nancy uh, Gao. Nancy Gao, who was the, she worked for... She was the, she was the home secretary. Yeah, she was the home secretary of uh, the United Nations, but now she's... Um, she's running against uh, Christine Avicerala. And by the end is the secretary general-elect. Yeah. Uh, and her platform is basically like, let's. we've been given access to the rings, let's go. 
full, full speed yeah, ahead. Yeah, she's she's more progressive, and uh, Avasarala has taken this. You know, I've dealt with protomolecule before. It's very dangerous. Like. I, I, very conservative approach to like we should explore and make sure yeah. there's nothing that's going to kill us or come back through and destroy everyone. Yeah. Whereas uh, Nancy Gao is like, let's you know, let's do it, let's take advantage of this, which is an understand. Like they're both understandable. And like the the yeah, last quote yeah. where it's like, I I think I'm right, right, but I hope to God you are. You know, like yeah, they're they're not irrational positions to hold. And um, yeah, you should, yeah, and that 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 sort of political drama is like in the background of that of the main action, which is on. It was LSA. it was it was neat to kind of see like those debates and stuff because like, they got more of the idea like the world that Earth is now because like, even like when they were I think they were in Copenhagen maybe for the debate and like you can see how there's like seawalls everywhere yeah like, there is yeah. New York just because I guess water is risen and I guess next season um I've they've said uh, Amos is going to go back to Baltimore so you're going to see Baltimore uh, Baltimore so Rawr. you're going to see uh, a little more about what society is like on the underside of like all the because we've or the earth we've seen are like the halls of the UN the people who are yeah. running things and doing well and um, it's not the same well, and some sewer tunnels that bother yeah you. sewer yeah. tunnels yeah but like obviously I want to see the ocean yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's... I wonder if they still have Natty Bo in the future I will explain as much about Amos as it does. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angry bearded yeah 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 yeah, um, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. So that that but they also stuff the political debate like you know like you know they talk about the assistance program and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like thirty billion people. That's a lot. Yeah, you get some Andrew Yang universal basic income, but it's like when they yeah. say basic, it's like basic basic. Yeah. Like, well, it's then, not yeah. And like they talk about how someone gave up their spot on getting to get an education yeah. because it's it's so hard to get an education or even a job and so it's one of these things where the majority of people are living on welfare but they want jobs they want educations but they can't there's not enough space and so one of the benefits of sending all these sending people to space is you can kind of relieve that this tension within the population it's weird you don't see more actual tension in terms of like violence on with what's going on but yeah yeah Yeah, i mean but but the whole thing is like wait till they get to baltimore But, I mean, we'll see how much the Earth is left. Mm. Well, uh, another interesting thing is, um, what's the guy's name? The Scottish guy. Uh, Beer, the guy who... Ashford? Yeah, Ashford, yeah. yeah. So, um, Ashford is really a really interesting and dynamic character here yeah. because he's taken this position. Previously, he was very sort of skeptical. But he's he he was a pirate. Yeah, he was. Well, <laughs> yeah, he was like actual... Pirate, like space pirate. <laughs> but he's he's taken this position. He he does a monologue at one point where he's arguing that you know the future is with the Earth, with Earth Mars, and he's almost it's weird because you see him kind of as like a crotchety figure, but yeah. he's like super idealistic at least there, well, you know, right at the end. So I would actually say I don't think that's idealism if you listen to how he frames it, because the way that he frames it is an outgrowth of his own skepticism. Yeah, no, that's the way that he frames it isn't rainbows and sunshine. It's a clear-eyed look at if we keep going down the path that we've gone through before. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's very much a an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Mm -hmm. From the perspective of someone who has lived and seen that. He has seen the blood and the gore and the killing and the hate continue to spiral and cycle and reinforce itself. And he and so he he's not someone who's 
got a utopian view. He's just someone who knows that what a dead end that is, and it's yeah. it's not a question of some some great and glorious intervention. It's a question of well, do we want to make ourselves go extinct or not? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's the other side of the coin of somebody like Anar, uh, Marco Anaros, who is also takes a position that is rational. It's extreme, but you can understand where he's coming from as well. Like we, we're basically trading, you know, the oppression of the inners to the oppression. Like the OPA is now doing the inners work for them. The yeah. OPA are now puppets, What's... and these people who've caused us. Uh, suffering and death yeah it's, get it's, away scot-free and it's essentially you've got the, that's radicalism yeah, yeah like the opa factions you've got the cooperator cooperation versus confrontation which exists constantly when you talk about emerging states or stateless groups or anything like that who yeah. the, the collaborators and the people who are say you know what let's we have a chance at something here it's probably not going to be perfect but let's invest in a state infrastructure because i mean this is what we've technically yeah. wanted right I mean, Ryan, you you made an analogy uh, several minutes back to the PLO, for example. Yeah, yeah. Because even you look at the organization, it's just like it's it's calling an organization is very much in quotes. But the Palestinian Authority became a thing. It's like okay, now you guys are collaborating with Israel, and we don't like that Hamas obviously Mm doesn't like that. But it's like all these different different factions that are even different terror groups that were under that umbrella for a long time. You know, some of them like okay, we're gonna you know put the guns down. It's time to just. Run our run out a little spot and kind of hopefully get things get better, but then you know, it hasn't really. Well, you end up uh, with yeah. you end up with religious extremists like Hamas, but yeah. you also end up with groups like PFLP, yeah, which yeah. rejects the you know PA, oh, uh, Popular Front, Front for, for the Liberation, Liberation of Palestine. Palestine. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, and then, then there's there's a, another option. There's an offshoot of them too. Yeah, Brian. and the kind of and the, it's interesting you say that because like kind of the way that the PA works is sort of in this these factions that existed as separate entities. Yeah, like you have different blocks of you know basically wheeling and dealing that need to you know because the PA is still it's technically a British recognized government, but it still has a lot of features of its days as a yeah. you know a network. And that, yeah, I, I see the OPA like, as that. Right, and they're and they're, and they're trying to figure early, out. Yeah, but then like, you've got a lot of and I corruption, they took a, lot a lot of, of yeah, a lot of yeah. the themes from that. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also because you see, well, yeah. So the difference is that instead of just like there's just one territory, it's like oh, it's uh they're everywhere. Because <laughs> yeah. like it's like it's like Tycho series, other other unnamed, um, yeah, they just asteroids and stuff that people live. I mean. Arrows used to be like a hundred thousand people, and then part of my video, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, the best thing. Why I think well, the best thing is like there was no Martian or UN real like space fighting. There was like when they boarded that one ship, but that didn't really count. But it's like Astro's a good does has good counter piracy abilities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, mean, I think it's, I think it's what it opens with almost. He doesn't right. check his peripherals though. Mm. With uh, also, why would you like? I get the like, oh, I'm cool, like shooting behind the walls, but or shooting guys behind the hiding behind the cover, but also his back is totally exposed. Like if someone popped around yeah. the corner, yeah. which I like. Yeah, clearly, I, he's done this before, boarding yeah, yeah. and taking over vessels. <laughs> yeah, clearly, it's almost like he's a former space pirate. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's like he's really talented. His crew is nothing special. <laughs> if he had better mm. people, maybe he wouldn't have died. Yeah, 
But like, well, that's, that was another cool thing. I was like, uh, well, not cool. But, like people getting shot and you kind of just sitting there, kind of floating there because like in zero G, they're still their boots still have them to the floor. Yeah. It was like a really nice touch. I and the, was, like, uh, as as hard to watch as his death was, it was kind of a good coda back to the like the first episode of the season where they had Anaros in the airlock ready to go yeah. and um, couldn't do it. Now this is what happens. Yeah, and of course he was transmitting recording of his last conversation with Inaros yeah. to someone. So probably probably drummer. drummer. Yeah. I would, I would yeah. That's and one drummer, possibility. Drummer is knows. where is she's at uh she, Medina she, Station. I think right she there. left maybe. I think she's back at Medina Station. Well I, th- I thought she quit. Did she quit? Yeah, I think okay. she quit at the end. Like they both, yeah. they, well, Asher quits too. He's like, I'm gonna go kill Anaros yeah. though on my own. Free then time. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I'm gonna go back to being a pirate. Well, yeah. He's just gonna retire with his whiskey, but yeah. now that plan's been scuppered. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. He's just out there floating forever. <laughs> <laughs> Human popsicle. Well, I don't know. They probably can track where his. Well, I guess Maybe he'll land. The proto molecule will bring him back to life, and he'll be like a, a Miller proto proto molecule. Just just, in, just living literally rent free in uh, Marco Anaris's head, <laughs> like like Miller oh, lives in Holden's. Beautiful irony. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, guys, hire me as a writer for the show, please. And I was like, shut up, shut up. Just like twitching, like what's wrong with him? A lot, but yeah, yeah. yeah. this too, because he's. It's not like okay, he's doing a small terror attack. He's like gonna kill millions. Billions, uh, even. Yeah. potentially, yeah. Especially any any so, yeah. little total cities are gone. So is Miller gone? Like, totally. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think. Or is he still going to be used? Because he's like being. It's funny because like he doesn't make any sense in the beginning, and then he, he gradually figures out how to communicate to Holden. Yeah, because it was the like, investigator for the entire yeah. time. Because like the species that made the rings and the proto molecule, they didn't use the. They were like a hive mind, I guess it was said. So they didn't really communicate like people do. Mm-hmm. So it it even them who figured out how to make these wormholes you know struggle yeah. to figure out people so yeah people are complex yeah they are any final thoughts except for marco inaros he's just an asshole he's just a dick yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's it's it's he's not gonna die till like the last episode of the season yeah it's gonna be and there's gonna be a whole kind of drama with, with his him his and Naomi's oh, yeah. kid. which side is he gonna yeah. i mean maybe in the end he'll betray his father you know lightsaber hey too brute <laughs> yeah me too, Philip. <laughs> yeah, it does not seem right to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. No final thoughts. Uh, looking forward to next season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we have any any idea? Maybe next year, twenty. Like, I think it's, I, I know I they're assume. filming now, or they, yeah. or they or maybe they've wrapped. I don't know, but don't yeah. Know. Yeah. So probably probably sometime later this year, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the gift that keeps on giving in terms of fun topics to probe yeah. in terms of geopolitics in a in a fictional setting. Now that a whole bunch of nonsense. Now that Megamind Jeff Bezos is behind it, they have unlimited yeah. budget. <laughs> Which yeah. is it's great, helpful to have a billionaire way. as a fan. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely is. Yeah. But anyway, that was almost thematic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thanks.